Hi, massage therapist. In today's episode, Allie and I are unpacking legal entities. Huh. Even just saying that is heavy. It's a heavy thing to say. <laughs> this is very reminiscent of our tax episode. Oh, so much fun. Taxes and legal <laughs> entities. I love it. Ugh. So at first glance, this can be an overwhelming process to navigate when we're first creating our practice as a business. And I also feel like because of this, most of us stay put in that sole proprietor realm out of fear. So Allie and I, just to be clear, (laughs) we're not lawyers or accountants or experts in this area. And we encourage you to consult with those specific professionals before moving forward with any kind of business adjustments or choices. What we have done is we put together our own research and our perception of that research, coupled with our own experiences, to hopefully shed some light on this murky topic and dispel some of that natural fear surrounding it. Hey, Becca, you want to start a podcast? Mm -hmm. Align with the Massage Business Mama is the product of two massage school besties deciding to take a leap and try something new. It's morphed, it's shifted, it's grown. But at the core, it's Allie, a massage business coach, and her occasional sidekick, Becca, two therapists committed to elevating the field. One of the big things that trips people up in the beginning of their massage biz is figuring out what type of a legal entity to set up. Whether to be a sole proprietor, partnership, corporation, LLC, C-Corp, S-Corp, It can all be so overwhelming in the beginning. One thing that I think is important to note is that if you take no action, the IRS automatically considers you a sole proprietor. So in the event you're struggling with paralysis analysis for how to structure your business, you have already inadvertently made a decision by failing to make any official move to create a legal entity, you are operating as a sole proprietorship. As a sole proprietor, you can withdraw money from your business, but it isn't considered a wage and can't be deducted as a business expense. While you won't pay payroll taxes on your draw, you do pay self-employment and income taxes. The business does not file taxes or pay income taxes. Instead, you file a Schedule C with your 1040 form and pay personal income tax on the profit. Okay, so what you're saying, Al, is that filing as a sole proprietor you have to pay all the taxes that we might traditionally be used to an employer taking out of our checks already. Yeah. Okay. And just for clarity, a Schedule C is where you list all of you slash your business's profits and losses slash deductions for the year. And just for further clarification, you and your business are literally the same entity. So if you or your business hate to be a Debbie Downer, but if you were to be sued... Everything that is yours, including your like all of your assets, house savings, personal assets, literally everything, and your business's assets would be at risk. Yep. Right. And like you said, Allie, it really looks like a sole proprietorship is the easiest to set up, but it doesn't really have any protections or even tax benefits for us. If you go this route, you'll want to consider setting up a DBA. DBA meaning doing business as in quotation marks. A DBA is the business's assumed name or trade name and is different from the owner's name. You'll likely have to fill out a form to register your DBA 
and pay a small fee, or you can just use your personal name but set it up as a DBA. You'll also want to get a business license and any local permits required to operate your business. No matter what business structure, make sure you have all your liability insurance in order. Uh, this can include professional insurance, small business insurance, property insurance, umbrella insurance, um, if you're renting an office space, and perhaps even commercial umbrella insurance. Uh, since this dang so sole proprietorship doesn't protect much, it pays to have a ton of insurance. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> you crack me up, girl. I like to sing, you know. It makes it sound more fun. We should, like, start a musical oh. about legal entities. Oh, my God. We could have legal entities, the musical. Oh, wouldn't that be, would you guys listen to that? I'm, I would listen to it. <laughs> I mean, I'm in. How about music, the legal entities, the musical for massage therapists? Performed by massage therapists. <laughs> Taking auditions. <laughs> Anyone want to audition? <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of into this idea. Okay. I mean, okay, we'll okay. have to we'll have to tool this around a little. So All right. we'll see what we come up with. <laughs> so it's funny because talking about insurance, I the other day I was chatting with two massage therapists, one from Britain and one from Canada, about the topic of insurance, and it was just so interesting because the Brit said that she didn't really need or have much insurance. That insurance was kind of just more included and in part of I don't I don't know exactly part of what how their country is structured and it's just not necessarily viewed the same way as it is here. But if you live in Canada or if you live here, then you just want to make sure that you're covering your ass. That's mind blowing. I'm moving to Britain. Well, yeah, let's do it. The, the musical of legal entities in Britain. I mean, I think it could be a big hit. Okay. Let's just keep rolling with it. Now with a partnership, you, it's similar to a sole proprietorship. Um, but you're going to file a Schedule K-1 Form 1065. And the partnership itself doesn't pay taxes. Instead, each partner reports their profits and losses on their individual tax returns. Okay, so again, just for, for clarity and uh, and all that nonsense, a partnership is behaves a whole lot like a sole proprietorship in its taxation. It's just the definition of two or more entities starting a business with a DBA even if it's their personal names as mm -hmm. the DBA. And a Schedule K-1 form is to report each partner's individual share of the partnership's profit slash losses, etc., etc. And it is called a pass-through, in air quotations, um, or flow-through entity when a business income is treated as personal income, which is helpful to know when we start to break down some of the other tax options. Uh, so I'll say that again. When that income is, goes directly, that share goes directly to the partner, it is called a pass-through or flow-through entity. So a simple partnership has all the qualities slash risks and ease of that sole proprietorship. So, Becca, I kind of want to do a musical piece, like, profits and losses. Um, so, corporations are the most complicated when it comes to filing taxes. Did you say corporations? Yeah, corporations. <laughs> yes, uh, corporations are definitely more complicated, but an LLC, or a limited liability company, again, limited liability company, is not 
and it offers some great protections that might make it a better option for you and your business. So LLCs are fairly new. They were created in 1977. That's new. I think you're dating yourself. (laughs) LLCs are as old as I am. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I didn't even really put that together when I was like researching all this. But um, when I was researching for this episode, I thought it was I thought it was kind of interesting how new they are and how they've really only come to fill the entrepreneurial niche recently. They weren't really fully mainstream until the late 90s. And this mostly had to do with unfavorable tax rulings surrounding the LLCs that made them unpopular. Uh, However, by 1997, LLC tax kinks, all those uh, seemed to really get ironed out. So 97, that's not that long ago. You say so. (laughs) So, all right, we're getting serious. An LLC is a state entity that you, the owner, create, control, and operate. But just to be clear, it is a separate entity from you. Also to note are that each state has its own statutes concerning LLCs. So if you go this route, uh, make sure that you check out what that looks like in your area. Each state has different LLC filing fees and annual fees. So check those out on your state's website or you can set it up through a lawyer, which, you know, it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. Um Becca, I've also found a great post that I'll link to in the show notes that just walks you through each of, this is just good for people who live in the U.S., but it walks you through how to set up an LLC in each of the states. So I'll I'll definitely look for that in the show notes because that's a good resource if you're just getting started setting yourself up with an LLC. Yeah, for sure. So some big differences between an LLC and a C corporation. LLCs do not have to set up a board of directors. C-corporations do. LLCs don't need to hold board meetings. C-corporations do. LLCs don't have to keep a record of all said board meetings. C-corporations do. LLCs aren't subject to double taxations. C-corporations are. LLCs can distribute profits however they want, and C-corporations can't. Also, LLCs are very inexpensive to set up. Board meetings, ugh. Yeah. No board meetings, thanks. So let's break down an LLC. Basically, an LLC, as I said before, is a limited liability company. It is a separate entity that you create, control, and run that protects your personal assets in the event your business is being sued. An LLC also has the most flexible taxation options. Exactly. So in terms of taxation, you can either be taxed as a C-corp, an S-corp, a partnership, or a sole proprietorship. So just to be clear, everything that you were saying earlier about what LLCs are versus C-corps is not necessarily true for an S-corp. So I just want to kind of make that distinction. Um, And in terms of taxation... The default, if you don't elect to be a C or an S corp, if you don't elect to be taxed in that way, is either a sole proprietorship or a partnership is your default. Um, 
So in the instance that you were an LLC that elected to be taxed as an S or a C corp, you would be considered an LLC and a C or S corp. So you'd be considered both. Now, I have a really hard time picturing why a massage therapist would ever set themselves up as a C corp, although I'm sure there is someone out there who's done it. I'm just not exactly sure why. Yeah, and this can be really confusing. So again, for clarification, what I'm describing as a C corporation is a legal entity, not the taxation. So the legal entities that you can create are a partnership, a C, uh, um, a sole proprietorship, an LLC, or a C corporation. But with an LLC, you can opt. You can also opt to be taxed in many different ways, and you being taxed as a corporation is one of them. So a C corporation can have a unlimited amount of shareholders, and we're talking about the entity here, whereas an LLC has a limited number of members it can have. And just for further clarification, anyone that is part of an LLC is called a member, and anyone that is part of a C corporation uh, as an entity is called a shareholder. Setting up a corporation might be for you if you want to go public or raise a bunch of capital. So again, not the typical massage therapist route. No. So all the things that you stated about the LLC versus the C-Corp are true for C-Corps, um, but they're not necessarily true for S-Corps. And S-Corps are not unheard of in the massage world. While the vast majority of therapists probably won't set themselves up this way, some will. Yeah, exactly, Al. Um, again, just for clarity, you can create an LLC or a C-Corporation as a legal entity, but you cannot create an S-Corporation as a a legal entity. Um, and with an LLC, you can choose being taxed as an S corporation or a C corporation. And this is where it can be a little confusing. So Allie, as an LLC, you have met and filed the required documents to use the S corp tax option. Now, from the research I did for this episode, it was advised that you be very cautious with an S corp because you're more likely to be audited with this filing um, with this filing option because of its benefits to the LLC owners. So, you know, keep your shit straight and hire an accountant. Yeah, there's some great tax benefits for setting yourself up this way. So yes, definitely it could pique the curiosity of the dreaded IRS. Um, this is how my business is set up. I have an LLC that elected to be taxed as an S-corp. So I'm considered both an LLC and an S-corp. I'm taxed similar to a partnership as a pass-through entity. And the main reason I chose to go this route was because with an LLC, owners must pay self-employment taxes on all of their income. An S-corp does not, provided they pay themselves a reasonable salary. Now, I'll note here that I've definitely gotten a few stern talking froms from my accountant or my dad, uh, when I haven't been paying myself enough. So this is this is where, you know, they kind of come in and if you aren't paying yourself a reasonable salary, they will come after you. So, you know, in my case, what I considered a reasonable salary and what the IRS may have considered reasonable were different things. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Al. The IRS has a lot of red flags set up for S-Corps, so be cautious if you decide to go this route. Yeah. Like you stated before, C-Corps incur... Double taxation, S-Corps don't. To qualify as an S-Corp, your business can have 1 to 100 shareholders. Your business 
must be located in the U.S. and must file with the IRS as an American corporation. In an LLC, members must pay self-employment taxes, which are Social Security and Medicare taxes directly directly to the IRS. With an S-corp, shareholders are paid a salary and the business pays their payroll taxes, which can be deducted as a business expense from the company's taxable income. Whether your business should be an LLC or an S-corp depends on the stage it's at. So LLCs work better for startups, but as your company grows, you may want to become a S-corp to reduce self-employment taxes. So for S-corps, you'll need to file articles of incorporation in the state where you want to incorporate. You need to have an annual shareholders meeting and additional state reporting are required. To be taxed as an S-corp, you must fill out the form 2553 File articles of incorporation in your desired state and meet subchapter S guidelines. According to Scott Royal Smith, founder and CEO of Royal Legal Solutions, having your LLC taxed as an S-corp makes sense once you hit the $60,000 income a year mark. Before that, he doesn't think that it makes sense. Yeah. Also, I think it's important to restate that you can have one to 100 shareholders. So if you're the only shareholder slash employee of an S-corp, that's totally cool. Yeah. One of the reasons I really wanted to discuss how I have my business set up as an LLC taxed as an S-corp is because it's become a topic of much discussion, or it became a topic of much discussion when the pandemic first arrived. So when your business is set up as an S-corp, you become its employee. That means that I was paying Social Security and Medicare on myself, as well as paying into unemployment on myself. So when my state mandated the shutdown, I was able to file for unemployment immediately. Before the CARES Act had even come in, I was guaranteed that I was going to make some un- unemployment. Obviously, I, I wasn't guaranteed I was going to make the 600 extra that the, the CARES Act enabled, but it was it was definitely comforting for me before they had made this decision to extend unemployment to those who didn't traditionally weren't traditionally covered. Um, and you know, this pandemic was kind of a rarity. I think that most cases where people need to collect unemployment are different and you know the the country wouldn't come in with kind of a widespread spread relief for everyone involved so one of the benefits is if you do ever need to collect unemployment it's an option for you yeah exactly and so just to be clear as an llc with the s corp tax taxation and all of that paperwork in you're an employee through the S-Corp of your LLC, which is a separate entity. And in this way, it creates some protections and insulation for you personally. But I want to step into how this might look a little different um, in that LLC as far as liability goes if you're sued. Should we go there? I think so. Okay. Yeah. It's it, There's so much. There's so much. So just to clarify, with an LLC, it yes, it does protect your personal assets if your business is being sued. It's funny. LLC protects your personal assets. So 
LLC protects your ass. Yeah. I mean, that's how <laughs> I always thought about it. But so it protects your personal assets if you're being, if your business is being sued. But if you're an employee of your LLC, like with that S Corp model, um, ta- with that S Corp taxation model, and you as an employee commit a wrong and you are sued, you personally are not protected by the LLC that you own and operate. So this is con- this, this is confusing. So we'll go into it um, a little deeper. There's three types of legal wrongs. There are criminal wrongs, contractual wrongs, and tort wrongs. And just for clarity, tort is um, a, a Norse word that means wrong. So wrong wrongs. <laughs> wrong wrongs or tort wrongs are the ones that we would most likely be subject to, which would be negligence and intentional tort. Negligence includes malpractice, slip and fall, car accidents, that sort of thing. Intentional tort includes defamation or tutorious influence uh, with business relations. So that, that can look like a lot of things. That can look like a blogger dragging someone's otherwise good reputation through the mud they see it, they don't like it, and boom, you're getting sued in that LLC you have set set up really doesn't protect anything. Uh, so it's it's you and your business that are being sued. It could also potentially look like that therapist that runs our practice out of their home and a client slips and falls and they sue you and your LLC because you should have iced the stairs. Um, so both are are you're responsible for. And this again is where having good insurance comes in. Not only do we need our professional insurance, we also need to consider having good commercial or small business insurance, as Becca suggested earlier in this episode. Yep. If you get anything out of this episode, insure out the wazoo. And I'm only clarifying this because when I was in the process of setting up an LLC, I really didn't know anything too much. And I, I said to my lawyer... So this LLC protects me if I get sued, right? And he like literally laughed in my face and said no without further explanation. And I was I was shocked. I was like, but wait, that's what I thought happened. So I can see now after you know all of my research and, and investigating why he had that reaction when I said that. But at the time I was just more confused. So how an LLC does protect you is if you have a few employees and an employee commits a tort wrong, both the employee and the LLC could be sued, but your personal assets would be protected. And just to restate the importance here of having your liability, commercial property, and umbrella insurances in order, Allie will know all of our sources in the show notes so you can check them for yourself and not to scare anyone into moving forward, creating a business and creating a legal entity, there's inherent risks, but the benefits, uh, they really, I mean, you'll have to decide for yourself if they outweigh the risk, but there's a lot of options that give you a lot of control. Yeah. I think sometimes if we think too hard on this idea of potentially being sued, that we fall into the, the trap of taking no action, which I feel like would be a shame. Sometimes we just kind of have to take that leap and trust that our good intentions, education, and the universe will support us in moving forward to create the business of our dreams in spite of the risks involved. Yeah, Al. And really the purpose of all of this is the more that we're armed with knowledge and understanding, it takes out that fear factor 
because there's a lot of fear that holds us back from stepping forward. So if we know, you know, what those legal boundaries are and what they look like, maybe we'll be able to step in with a little bit more confidence. So Becca, we've unpacked a lot. Yeah, we have. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty exhausted. Nap time or are we going to practice our singing? (laughs) I can only imagine how our listeners feel. More singing? More singing. (laughs) Legal entities are overwhelming. And just as Becca and I shared in episode 12, Taxes for Massage Therapists, we are not the experts. We hope this episode has enlightened you a little. But if you're still unsure what direction makes sense for you, we want to encourage you to talk a professional. Thank you so much for listening. And please reach out to us if you have any questions or topics you would like covered. We love suggestions. Find us at www.alignwiththemassagebusinessmama.com. Also, We wouldn't hate it if you were inclined to share or review our episode. Until next time, stay healthy, massage therapists.